Hello, one and all. Welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show. As always, we're going to throw it over to Road Dog for A to the K's little known fact of the week. Oh, you didn't know? So, Anthony, it's our final SummerSlam fact ahead of this Saturday because, Anthony, who do you think holds the record for the longest gap between two SummerSlam matches? Who do you think it is? I can tell you. I can tell you. That gap is 14 years. Well, based on the 14 years, I'm going to guess Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so you basically definitely looked at what it was, didn't you? You did. Tell, tell well, the truth. Tell I, I the legit truth. didn't. I legit didn't. I guessed Hulk Hogan based on the fact that Hulk Hogan is the oldest man in wrestling <laughs> and probably had the longest gap of anything. <laughs> it was probably Hulk Hogan. We can, we can just use that for anything, really, can't we? Anything that, that, happens, that is kind of my go When you go, oh, what, what's been the longest um, like face run or whatever, I'd be like, probably Hulk Hogan. Who knows? Yeah, what was the longest ever walk to the ring? Hulk Hogan. Probably Hulk Hogan. I saw it live. <laughs> Impact, Hulk 2000 Hogan, and something. Um, yeah, you're right. Hulk Hogan, probably. I don't know. <laughs> you are right. It was Hulk Hogan. Um, so, obviously, I know, yeah, that was very anticlimactic. I was expecting some kind of back and forth, but it's fine. You cheated. It's okay. Um, it, was, it was clearly Hulk Hogan. <laughs> clearly. Who else has wrestled clearly. for 14 years? 14 years. I mean, probably what? more than that, but like, you know, the gap of 14 years. <laughs> Who else has done that? Well, exactly. Uh, could obviously, have been Hogan. Taken, maybe to be honest, he's put could some have been time. taken. Could have been taken. Uh, but yeah, fourteen-year gap. Nah, not not right for taken. However, I can't give you some runners-up. So obviously, it was Hogan. He last wrestled um, for uh, in, at SummerSlam in nineteen ninety-one. He would then next participate in uh, two thousand five, where he had that weird match with Shawn Michaels. Um, second was of course Bret Hart. Was that the the weird match with Shawn? Was that where he, Shawn Michaels decided to oversell everything? I think it was where he just bounced around fucking everywhere because, yeah, why not? Um, some people that, love that it. That was the second least, second least cunty thing he's ever done. <laughs> I mean, there's a long list. Um, we'll have to rank that one day um, on an episode of 10. But um, <laughs> second... Most cunty things John Michael's <laughs> ever done. Telling you, I, you know, that will be my proudest moment. But yeah, Bret Hart was actually second because um, he was obviously last at SummerSlam in 97, and then came back in 2010, so that was a 13-year gap. So, yeah, pretty close, but it goes to Hulk Hogan. Well done. There you have it. You cheating bastard. And I here is... <laughs> I didn't I cheat. I didn't cheat. Um, here is Road Dog. To... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, Heidenreich. Was it Heidenreich? Gene Snitsky. Damn it. They're all the same. The fuck out of here. Um, so, yeah, here's Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know! Beautiful. So, should we do it? Should we do it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's go over to WWE this week. So, kicking things off. Um, so, Raw, the Roman Reigns promo. So, first and foremost, you know, let's let's be real here. This was almost a watchable Raw. It was safe to say. One of the best Raws in a long time. Now, is this a bit of a coinkydink? Obviously, we know Vince is gone. Triple H is running things. Um, if it's to be believed, uh, this show was pretty much already written by Vince anyway. So maybe it's just 
The Mandala effect. So many people praising the, the, the subtle changes that Triple H come and made. I don't like, I think it is a bit of a Mandala effect. Like, <laughs> it's so much better now. It just everything's <laughs> yeah. just cleaner and nicer and brighter. Yeah. Like the weird thing is though it did feel like a better raw, so I don't know. <laughs> uh maybe it is. But maybe, yeah. maybe everyone just felt a little less tense. Maybe, <laughs> actually. Maybe people could just enjoy themselves. Michael Carl wasn't getting shouted at, you know, in his, his headset. Yeah, you know, fun times had by Nothing him. was getting torn up. It's great. Exactly, exactly. It only got rewritten, you know, four times instead of 82. Wrestlers weren't frightened to go back, you know, behind the curtain to Gorilla, exactly. I believe they call it. Exactly. Um, no one was scared of doing that. It's all good. Nobody, nobody. Um, but yeah, so Roman Reigns comes out uh, and cuts a really good promo, to be fair. So um, he... Basically, Austin Theory comes down and Roman decides to offer some counsel to Theory. He's like, says to Paul, like, you like this guy, right? Uh, you know what he needs? He needs, uh, he needs some counsel. You know, alluding to it's going to be Paul Heyman. But he's like, no, nah, it's going to be me. And essentially, he says, you need to look around because daddy's not here anymore. And it was like, ooh. Nice. See, already referencing it. Away. Yeah, lean into it. Why exactly. the fuck not? That's what you've got to do. You can't, uh, you can't pretend like it doesn't... You know, it's like... Uh, don't say the word wrestling. Don't say title belt. How dare you for the WWE? Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, even things like that, they're actually leaning into it. So the reference Vince um, and obviously Austin Theory was uh, a pretty good role as well. But just another shout out to the one and only Paul Heyman, who was absolutely phenomenal, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal one. Um, and again, he's just an absolute legend, isn't he? I would love to sit down with Paul Heyman one day and just pick his fucking brain because he's so good he reminds me almost of like bobby heenan it's like he's, he's like this generation's bobby heenan i'm not he's saying so it'd good. be a bad thing by any means but i am confident he'd end up yelling at us over something oh of course he would a million he's an impassioned dude but I mean, he's probably gonna it, be I'm right for it, but like just just watching you try to pick his brains i think it'd be just amazing <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah all in all uh, even though this didn't necessarily kick off raw which i'm sure you'll come on to in a second um for the first proper segment i thought it was um it was really good yeah i'm a little up and down over this um as you mentioned the kickoff for raw so we open with uh, the miz and logan paul and you know action packed from the offset we open mid-brawl between miz and logan paul now i'm kind of here for this feud but also, I'm a little bit like some things. I'm, I'm like, please don't overplay it. So, obviously, um, they start out mid brawl. They have to be separated. You know, later in the night we get impulsive, which I believe Carl is his podcast typically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I assume it's not deliberate. But you know, he's he's not getting the crowd reaction that I think they're intending here. Um, but he calls out the Miz gets Maurice instead and we go back into the I mean that sounds like a win Um, but we get obviously back onto the whole tiny ball shtick and this is the bit where I'm a bit up and down on this it's like okay I get it like they've made some merch from it now you know but are we really going to keep doing this yeah yes yes in in a world of tiny balls we're really going to pick on the Miz here (laughs) you know in a world of tiny balls well let's face it I'm not saying wrestlers are on steroids but like there's always been this whole thing of ste- <laughs> steroids Damn. and drinking testicles so to pick on specifically the Miz seems a bit strange in a locker room that's probably full of like grape size anyway I'm not getting into this right um, and again the, the inclusion of, of Tommaso kind of like okay so 
you know, Champa attacks Paul, and him and the Miz stand tall. Everything, you know, a victory for the bad guys, I guess. You're a poet, like, and you didn't know it. What are, what are we going for here? Like, Paul's the underdog face guy. Is he? Got, who's he actually going to fight? What? Like, I don't know. It, I, I, I'm here for this feud, but I kind of not sure what the intent is because what's the intent with Champa? We, we want the match between the Miz and Logan Paul. So ultimately, is Champa just going to be like banned from ringside at some point because he keeps getting involved? Is that going to be the story there? I, I, I don't yeah. know. Some things just aren't working for me, but I'm not going to be too negative. Well, I mean, since he's been on the main, uh, main roster, Champa's basically Miz's little lackey, isn't he? So um, you can kind of understand why he gets involved, but. Yeah, it's a weird one with, with Logan Paul. I think we referenced it last week is they're not getting the reaction they wanted because it's ludicrous to book Logan Paul as a face because he's not a face. He's one of the most disliked people. You know, obviously he's got a, he's got a fucking trove of fans. Of course he does, you know, and people do really like him. But at the same time, he's also very unlikable. Uh, not as much as his brother. We'll say this every time. But still, um, and the stuff he says, he's like, I'm a really successful YouTuber, and I do this, and I do this. <laughs> and he comes across braggy, and it's just like, yeah, lean well, into the like, heel. He's a natural heel. Mm. like, And, you know, the, I think the difference here with his brother is that you kind of get the vibe that, that Logan's playing a character. Yeah. I don't know so much about his brother. Whereas Jake Paul's just kind of batshit crazy. Let's be, let's be <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's one of them. Like You can kind of you, you can get what they're going for, but yeah, it's one of them. Like The Miz, as much as you know, he's the heel, people love The Miz because they respect what he's done and what he's had to overcome to get to the position he's in. And he's got a smoking hot wife. So how can you not respect The Miz? So, I mean, I, I honestly think 90% of your respect for The Miz is just Maurice. I mean, probably even higher than that, to be fair. But still, just just well, just well done, man. Just well done. Um, you know, for your whole whole yeah, career. Just but just, 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 yeah. What's uh, what is it? Not another team movie? Is that what it is? Yeah. It's like the slow cap. Yeah, that's gonna be me. I'll find the right time to do it one of these days. It's not the right time now. Um, so yeah, so it's one of those things. I don't know why they insist on doing a Logan Paul face run because it's obviously not going to get over. But at the end of the day, he's a massive star. Uh, he's got a massive following, and it's really good stuff for WWE that he's there. So, yeah, maybe an initial little bit of a blip, but essentially they're going to make the money when they turn him heel, I think. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm not going to get on my soapbox again. If you, if you watched or you listened last week, you know my feelings on this. So I'm not going to go into it. But... That's fair, that's fair. So this week was the Rey Mysterio celebration. And Rey comes out and he thanks everyone and says that he broke down barriers because of his size. He name-dropped all his rivals. And, of course, there was a special mention for Eddie. Of course I mean, is. to be fair to him, it's not easy breaking down barriers when you're his size. Well, that's it. You know, I mean, that's, like why, I don't, that's, why, that's why I don't want to stand on my soapbox because it's just making it even worse for the guy, you know? <laughs> um, but... Yeah, jokes aside, I don't know. People seem to fucking love this. I don't. I. I. I feel like I'm just. Like, I mean, I'm guessing you agree with me to some extent. So maybe we're on our own little island somewhere that you know it's just we've got our own weird thoughts. But people seem to love the fact that he's like honoring Eddie and he's doing this whole thing and as a special mention for him and stuff. I just. As people know, I can't stand it. They were clearly very close, and I know he wants to pay respect to him, and I'm not trying to shit on that. But which is fine. It just gives a point. It's like, okay, we get it. 
you love Eddie, like, but it's, well, it's literally every other word well, out of his mouth. Well, it's, it's it's every week. It's every like essentially he's he's come out. He's celebrating twenty years in WWE. Seventeen of them years has been as a fucking Eddie Guerrero tribute act. It has a million percent. Because as soon as Eddie died in 2005, whenever it was, he was since then he was doing the frog splash. He was doing the little thing. That's why he won his title. He, you know, I mean, you got to ask, like, would he have got the world title? No, I don't think he would have. To I be don't fair, think he ever don't, don't get me wrong. He's a star. He was a star as soon as he arrived in WWE. I'm not shitting on Rey Mysterio because he's fantastic. He's a phenomenal talent, and hey, he has that... broken down barriers because of well, his size. He, he would never in a million years be the world champion, really, wouldn't he? Yeah, of course he would have been right. But because of everything that happened with Eddie, who was like, you know, championship level at that time, and because of how close he was, it was like, well, yeah, that would be nice to honour Eddie and we could have that moment and all that kind of stuff. And really, that that's what got him in. So you can kind of understand why he's been fucking riding this guy's to- you know, coattails for years. And it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame because Rey Mysterio was good enough to stand out on his own. He doesn't need to be an Eddie Guerrero tribute act. He just doesn't. Yeah. But he is. That's what he's been. Um, but I so. mean, th- as what I will say... For the celebration in particular, as well, is that like I do think Ray Hart's in the right place with the tribute, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's coming it from a loving place, but like from a fan point of view, it's like, okay, we, we get it, you know? Well, I mean, well, we do. Maybe that's, that's, maybe that's just you and me. Some people uh, seem to still fucking love it, but I, I honestly can't stand it. I can't, I it's instant like tune out for me as soon as he comes on the telly because I know. If he's in a match, he's going to do some kind of move tribute. If he's doing a promo, he's going to do some kind of fucking, you know, uh, catchphrase tribute or something. So I've, I've just instantly the thing just... For me, the thing for me, I think, is like like Vicky mentions Eddie less. And well, that's a bit strange for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, like, I'm like, surely she'd be the one to like, mention him a lot because, you know, she's married to the guy. I mean, yeah, you'd think right. so. Um but anyway, as I said, I won't stand on my soapbox. Uh, but this can week. can we talk about the fact that um, Buddy Murphy had one of the, the greatest fucking moments that come from this? <laughs> He's a legend, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll let you. Uh, I'll let I'll let you recount to the uh, the telling of this bit. So we had. Uh, I'm not sure where they're going with it, but we had a bit of an altercation uh, with Aaliyah and how um, oh, is her name? Escape me, Carl. Help me out. Aaliyah Ripley. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, and obviously this didn't happen on Raw itself, but on Twitter, Buddy Murphy uh, decided to put a tweet out suggesting that they could uh, they could have a, a match for custody of him, which I thought was funny as fuck. <laughs> yeah, well played, buddy. Well um, I mean, obviously we 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 all rem- you know in case people don't understand what we're saying, um, there was a storyline wasn't there last year or twenty twenty whenever it was. Um, with Aaliyah and Buddy Murphy and that stuff going on, and now obviously Buddy Murphy and uh, Rhea Ripley are getting it on in uh, real life. So there was a, a storyline, you know, last year where they had Buddy Murphy, a man in his what mid to late thirties, uh, starting an inappropriate, inappropriate relationship with a nineteen-year-old girl, and everyone being okay with it. Yeah, pretty much how that, that was, went uh, down. That was the storyline. Yes. Um, yes, and then he left WWE. Exactly. It's almost like you know. We're not in PG fourteen anyway. Uh, you know, <laughs> some of the subject matters. And I made this point in a um, in a wrestling group on WhatsApp. I was like, everyone's going, "Oh, we're going to move to PG fourteen. I can't wait to see what happens." I was like, in the PG era, we had somebody set on fire and somebody's eye get fucking gouged out of the socket. It's like, mm, <laughs> how much further I mean, are they going to go? Thing is, aside from like actually gouging guys and actually setting people on fire, 
what yeah, like you say. They they really played the illusion card quite well. Yes. Like I know I know Ray's eye didn't get actually guards out and it was pretty shit the effect. But still, like I didn't really want to see it happen, so that that's fine. I'm fine with it being an effect. Yeah, it was a very weird yeah. moment that wasn't it with eyes. It was like, and it it seems to have now carried on in AW because if you remember rightly, it wasn't a Malachi Black didn't he have some yeah, eye thing going on? Right. Yeah, now yeah. all of a sudden he's in AW and then you know again with Malachi Black he's like blinding people now and it's like right okay, um so fair play. Yeah, I mean an eye Char- for an eye. All that, you know. <laughs> Character longevity in <laughs> in that in that regard. That's some long term um, storytelling right there. Indeed, that's a better way to say, it. but. Um, so yeah, so obviously we had a Aaliyah um, or a liar, whatever you say, uh, crop up and Rhea Ripley returned and kind of pushed her, and then essentially kind of um, choked out Dominic. Then Rey Mysterio went out. It was all this big thing. Rey Mysterio got put through a table. Not a single fucking person from this party that they were throwing decided to come out and help Rey or Dominic at all. Because why would they? They're just still there partying. But you know, I mean, um, I'd, I'd be that guy at the party. <laughs> exactly. I'm, Fuck those guys. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, so now we're we are getting a tag match at SummerSlam. That's the big build for this. So, yay, yay. So anyway, Carl, the uh, next well, say next match. We're not doing this in order. Well, we're kind of doing this in order. I don't know what you call us anymore. But we were also uh, gifted a match between the Bloodline and Riddle and the Street Profits. They don't have a name yet, but you know, Riddle and the Profits. <laughs> That kind of works. Street riddles. Street riddles. Anyway, you know what? This was a pretty good match. Um, we had uh, a spot. Montez Ford did get busted open. I don't think that was... Yeah. Know, happened. Probably but, not planned. Uh, unintentional uh, bleeding has always led to good things for people. So you never know, Montez. Fingers crossed. Again, what's the point going TV 14? That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm seeing right. this shit now. So, um, yeah, so we all in all, it was a good match. That might have been a bit of a botch, but hey-ho, it didn't really um, cause any problems for the for the match itself. Um, ultimately, we had Roman getting the win over Riddle. Fair enough. And um, we got a nice little uh, Seth Rollins, you know, moment. I don't know whether... I, 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 like, I always quietly hope that they're leading something. A nice little moment between Seth and... Uh, and uh, Roman there at the top of the ramp, and uh, you know Seth decides, you know, fuck it, I'm going to beat down Riddle as well. Hits the curb stomp. Uh, happy days, you know. Um, yeah, not a bad match, not a decent, uh, not a decent, not a decent, not a bad. <laughs> that's all. For, uh, well, Anthony, some breaking news. I don't know if you've seen this over the last kind of half an hour. Um, do you pulled Riddle and Seth from SummerSlam? What? Oh, for fuck's sake! Well, they didn't set nothing up. This is bullshit. I don't know why <laughs> Seth came out at the end. So they're now saying that this curb stomp thing caused him to have um, some kind of injury, uh, which has now meant that the match has been postponed. Now, Bullshit. really? What? Like really? Is that like? Is it? Is this like legit? Is he actually injured? Was this? Oh right. I mean, part I mean, of... really, like when I was annoyed. I'm like yeah. Oh, yeah, right, I'm no. annoyed. <laughs> no, no, I'm annoyed. I like legit. This, this could have been a banger, but. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would they do this? Is one of the matches on the card I think a lot of people were looking forward to. And now well, you've got just... to assume it is legit because of that. Like, like you say, why suddenly pull it when people were actually looking forward to this? Well, exactly. In which case, like, what a how stupid. <laughs> you know, I know obviously accidents happen and stuff like that, but it's like what a way to ruin one of your biggest matches for SummerSlam. So it's one of those. Either it's legit and you know, oops, or this potentially is going to be part of some kind of big swerve at SummerSlam. Seth Rollins comes out and is like, well, I haven't got an opponent anymore. Maybe Randy comes back. Maybe, 
you know, we'll, we'll come on to this when we talk SummerSlam. But, yeah, it uh, definitely makes for more intrigue into the show. Uh, at the minute, he's just pulled from the card, but will we actually see him show up? We will see. We will um, So, throwing it over to SmackDown, just a bit of a short note on this one. Um, so, we had Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey having a face-to-face this week on SmackDown. And surprisingly, I kind of enjoyed it. Now, obviously, it's got Liv in the segment. I'm going to enjoy it. But, right? It's what, it's what you live for. <laughs> it's what I live for, and you only live once. Right? Ronda basically was the... <laughs> Why is that not a slogan of his? <laughs> it is, I think. Is it? Pretty sure it is. Isn't that like a Twitter name or something? You only live once? I don't really know. Um, but, essentially... Uh, uh, we need to ask Bo Dallas whether that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't... Yeah, fucking hell. No comment. No comment. <laughs> we, 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 we know some things. Um, but, yeah, anyway. No hearsay on this show. Right, uh, so Ronda Rousey basically um, starts saying that uh, essentially she's the better fighter and she only, you know, Liv only won because she was beat up from Natty and so on and so forth. And Liv was like, well, yeah, do you know what? You might be the better fighter, but I've got more heart. And then hilariously, Ronda Rousey goes, you may have more heart than everyone else in the locker room, except me. And it's like, are you shitting me? You do not even want to be here, you silly woman. Um, silly woman. Just the fact that you know how how can she think that's gonna fly? Yeah, you know, you know, you want this more than everyone, but me. Like, hang on a minute. Maybe on your first run, love. Now you're here for fucking that paycheck, aren't you? Don't you know? Don't get it twisted, girl. Um, but doesn't give a damn about her reputation. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't give a damn. Um, Joan Jett eat her. But um, so yeah, I'm. I liked it, regardless of what I think about what Ronda said. But the thing that I like about it is I legitimately don't know where this is going to go because essentially at SummerSlam, Ronda probably should get booed out the building. Whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. Like We've seen things on our TikTok where obviously we did like a Liv Morgan video recently and people were like almost angry that they, that she beat Ronda. And it's like, really? Like, but why? So you've, you've clearly got this like... Talents. Well, exactly. Yeah. You've, you've clearly got this like this pool of, of like... Ronda fans out there, so you know, I don't know, like, how is Ronda going to be kind of perceived? Like, is she going to be booed, or is it not going to go the way that we think? And surely they're not going to take the title off Liv so soon. Like, she's had it a matter of weeks, so I don't know. Like, but at the same time, is she going to beat Ronda Rousey? Is she going to beat her clean? Because that'd be huge for her. So, legitimately, I just don't like this is a, a very intriguing match because I'm just, I don't know, I don't, honestly don't know how it's going to end up. Like, surely they can't take the title. But then at the same time, you book like Ronda versus Liv. Typically, that only ends one way. So, yeah. You expect so? Intrigued? Yeah, I'll give you that. Who will win? Indeed. Who will win? You'll be you'll be made up if Liv won clean. Don't worry, really she deserves it. Wet yourself. Awesome. <laughs> it right. will be wet. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I think the last one for me, Carl, um, and I've got the case of dealing with it uh, is Sheamus. Seamus and Drew. Now, I wasn't big on another Seamus and Drew match. I, don't be wrong, these two are a really good pair. We've enjoyed previous matches. But, you know, maybe we could do some other stuff now. Right? But not only that, we get the... The match is now going to be next week, Carl. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's going to be a shillelagh match. Of course it is. That, right? I've been paranoid about fucking pronouncing that. <laughs> I think I said it right. Shillelagh. And the winner will face Roman in Wales. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Sure. 
Mm. It's a little weird that they're not booking it for SummerSlam, but sure, you know, yeah. let's, let's do that then. Well, I mean, um, it's weird yeah. this. Yeah. Like, part of me still thinks we might see this happen at SummerSlam because it's know, getting man. pushed every week for all these other ex- like, reasons well, and excuses. Is this is this storytelling to just delay things? I don't know. Apparently so. Um, but obviously, we've had like proper random, like um, Seamus referenced that he might have COVID, and then he referenced that it wasn't him that he was actually scheduled to compete. It was um, the other fella, neckbreaker guy. Um, Which oh, that's, that's so Which? bad. I'm so sorry. Um, no, other fella, rugby player guy. Ridge. Ridge. That's it. Um, I should definitely not call him neck, neckbreaker guy. But essentially, yeah, um, they've kind of been delayed for all these reasons. And now, yeah, it's apparently booked for SmackDown on Friday. Whether we see that happen, you know, let's see. But you would think that they would put the match on SummerSlam, even if it was part of some kind of kickoff or something. It just kind of feels like, I don't know. Um, it, You know, when we've seen it a lot of times, but when they do square off, it's always a banger. So it would be a good, let's get the fans into this um, for SummerSlam match. But anywho, anywho. Mm. So, Anthony, let's swing on over to AW, right? Let's break on through and to the other side. What a fucking match this was, right? And this may come as a surprise. This may be my favourite match of the year so far. And it was not one that I was expecting, uh, but it was Brody King and Darby Allen. Yeah. Now, fair. it was booked so well. I think we spoke last week around if they... Book this match where Brody basically decimates Darby. It'll be good. And that's essentially what happened. Brody just fucking ruined him for most of the match. I am so pleased that they didn't have this whole Darby fights against the odds stuff that you'd probably get sometimes. Um, I'm so glad that they, they give Brody King this, to be honest. Uh, well, that's it. Like, exactly what we've seen the whole underdog thing like done so many times. Like, we just had a whole fucking 20-year dedication for Rey Mysterio being the underdog, haven't we? So... You know, Darby Allen doesn't, yeah, <laughs> doesn't need to be that guy. Like, he's he's capable, of course. He can, you know, he's a former TNT champion, and, you know, who knows whether he's going to be a world champion one day. But he doesn't need to be that no. guy, the, the plucky underdog who somehow, man, like, at the end of the day, Brody King is fucking massive, and Darby's not. So Brody should squash him. And essentially, <laughs> that, that's what happened. So yeah. Darby put, and it was booked really well. Like, Darby put up a really good fight, don't get me wrong. But essentially, Brody was just too much for him, and that's how it should be. Like logic has to factor in sometimes. <laughs> it's just like well, honestly, like it's one of them things where it's so obvious that Brody would ruin him, but at the same time, it just made Brody look so fucking menacing and evil. Really, it's like yeah, he knew he had him outsized and was still just going for him. And it's like that—that's a good way of building a heel, really, isn't it? Well, that's it. Like, he, he was legitimately ragdolling him around the whole fucking arena. Yeah. It was brutal. And do you know what? It was so good. Like, I know you think I don't like Derby, but fair play to Derby because he was selling the fuck out of this. God, yeah, he was. And, you know, you know, obviously Derby did get some offense in as well. And, you know, he looked brutal while he was doing it. But, like, you know, like he always does. He, You know, that, that dive he does to the outside of the ring is something else. It's just a million fucking horsepower. It's, like, ridiculous. But... Yeah, like the right thing happened. Brody was just yeah. too much, and well, that's Darby how it should be. Great ragdoll, and we can agree on that. <laughs> he does, and it was a fantastic, you know, David versus Goliath, and it was like a realistic version where, well, yeah, this Goliath. Time, <laughs> Goliath. <won>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this time David got squashed. Um, so yeah, loved it. Um, thoroughly, can't think of another match so far this year that I've enjoyed more than it, which is mad to think. But um, Do you know, like. It. 
the crazy thing is, right, we're talking about a week of AEW where we had Jericho versus Kingston in the barbed wire everywhere, was it? Yes. So, yes. Everywhere, everything. But, you know, barbed wire match, right? Yeah. And before we get into it, uh, not to sound too harsh on it, but when Brody versus Darby was, uh, like, a, a better match, like, that says a lot, doesn't it? In all fairness. Uh, yeah, it kind of does. Because like, <laughs> it's not just me moaning about Jericho versus Kingston. This is me talking about how good Brody versus Darby was. Yeah, and to be yeah. fair, that this was almost like a like a bit of a return to form for Dynamite. Not the whole show, because the, the, the whole show had problems, but the opening mm. match. Like, one thing I used to love about Dynamite of old was you'd always start the show with an absolute fucking banger of a match, yeah, and you'd be pumped. You consistently praise it for that. You would yeah. be pumped for the whole show then, and this was a return to form on that, because after this match, I was Definitely. like, it's just a shame that the rest of the show didn't quite deliver, but we'll come on to that. Yeah. But look, let's get on to Jericho versus Kingston, right? I'm not going to knock the pair of them. You know, this is a brutal kind of match, and fair play to the pair of them on that sense. But, and I suppose this is something we always expected, it was never going to stay a 1v1. We got plenty of shenanigans. And to be honest, I was kind of expecting some shenanigans, but we got more than we should have got as well. Like, you know, we got we obviously got the, the Jericho Appreciation Society and Blackpool Combat Club getting involved. But then on top of that, let's let's have an Anna J heel turn on Ruby Soho and align him with the JAS. Because why the fuck not? Let's throw that shenanigan in there. We have um, Jericho winning it thanks to Sammy because fuck it, why not? Let's have some shenanigans there. And it, everything was just a little bit, like, too much, you know? Which is yeah. a shame. Like, like massively too much. Like, we... Yeah, I think it was even last week we were saying it as well. I think it was when we were talking about this match um, before we'd even seen it, is, you know, Cody Rhodes, we used to give him a lot of shit because everything he did felt so overbooked and overproduced. But yeah, this was a whole different level. There were, right, this was built up enough with weeks and weeks and weeks and months of storytelling around Kingston and Jericho. And this was the grudge, like the grudge match to end it all. Yeah. Barbed wire, all, like, all that kind of stuff I'm fine with. But it's then, like, when you add all... Like, it should have just been them two going to town it trying to kill been. each other. This it's all it thing. needed. This is all we wanted. And I know some people might have loved all this, but all we needed was Jericho and Kingston just going for each other here. That's yeah. all we needed. You're totally I mean, right. I, I quietly said, hoped that that was going to be the case when they were talking shark cages and shit. But no. Well, that's no. it. Like, essentially, it ended up awful. And it's no disrespect to the, to the pair of them because they are both, you know, awesome people. Um, and, you know... Super talented, but awesome <laughs> both awesome people. Uh, but yeah, it just it was it was a clusterfuck. It was not enjoyable at all, and there was so much going on. It was so overproduced, so overbooked. And then even at the end, with like it was like miscommunication, and there was issues and uh, miscues, and the backfist missed, and yeah, it was it was bad, man. This was the first time I looked at AW and thought, wow, that was like amateur hour. It was so it was piss poor. Unfortunately, it was really was piss poor. I agree. Um, but anyway, speaking of things that weren't piss poor, Anthony, now, oh, how yeah. how will we ever get to a point where we boo FTR again? Because the pair of these guys, fucking pair of legends. Um, Honestly, man, they've been on an absolute tear this year. They are so, so good. Like, if you think about, obviously, they first arrived in AW, and it was like, holy shit, it's FTR. They came in super awesome. And then they kind of just floundered a little bit and then obviously they were paired with the pinnacle and like that was like uh, they were heels and it wasn't amazing but now it's like okay this is FTR these are the guys who are just fucking 
the best tag team in the business, doing the shit, getting about their business. So to then come out and add another, you know, bow to their fucking arsenal and, you know, a promo like this. And it was different because it was, the subject matter was personal and it mm. shone through. So obviously Dax yeah. comes out and essentially tells the story about this eight-year-old girl who, you know, is... Um, I can't remember now off the top of my head what it was that she's, she'd been going through, so I don't want to misreport it by trying to guess it, but obviously she'd been going through some shit, operations or something like that, and basically, you know, that she's managed to come through it all and pull through it. It's been a terrible time in his life and all this kind of stuff. And he then reveals that that little girl was his daughter, and it's like, well, fucking hell, you know, Jeez. as as parents, you know, <laughs> that, that immediately pulls on, your, that pulls on your heartstrings, but it's yeah. like you don't even realise what people are going through in the real world at times when... You know, you see them on TV and they're like, you know, oh, do the match, do the match. So, well, hang on, you know, what? how's their actual life at the moment? And, yeah, so basically, I just what a fantastic line for him to say that, you know, his daughter showed all his fight. And so, basically, when it comes to Ring of Honor and um, the match against the Briscoes, he's going to fight like an eight-year-old girl. And it was just like, fucking boom. Loved yeah. it. What a line. Uh, yeah, um, what a fucking line. And now, you know what? It's come. Meh. And it is fucking merch. Like, you'd probably wear that, wouldn't you? Well, it is. Well, it is. Obviously, the merch is out now, so they've got the fight like an eight-year-old girl tee. And it's just like, fucking damn, damn right you would, because, um, you know, you, you you look at the wrestling world, and obviously you look at, like, MMA and stuff like that as well, and the fights that these, you know, professionals have. But it's like, there's no realer of a fight than the type of shit that, you know, some people have to actually go through in the world. So, yeah, just yeah. what a lovely promo. And also... These two have just completely endeared themselves to the audience now to the point where it's like we can never see these guys heal. I mean, the fucking they're Bret Hart guys, like straight away. Do you know you what? Know. I think it was fair to say they were going to go down, or they was like we were all having a conversation like these guys are definitely going to go down as one of the greatest tag teams, and I think this just solidified that even more. Just absolute fucking legends. Absolutely. So yeah, loved it. Absolutely. So Carl. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to feel about this one either. Like, I, I, I think you might have been a little bit bigger on this than me in terms of like the whole Christian angle. I think I've uh, made me feelings clear previous weeks, but we had Luchasaurus killing the Varsity Blondes again. That's what he and does now. I, I, I don't know. Like, maybe this is because we've got a bit of a sweet spot for for Griff Garrison, who's, who's not only been on the show once; he's been on the show again for us, and you know, he's uh, considered him a friend of the show, if you will. And we're rooting for good old Griff. So seeing him like get get like decimated by Luchasaurus isn't isn't great. And this was probably what was always going to happen. So I don't know why I was low key expecting something more than this. But um, you know, Luchasaurus kills the Valsy Bonds again, Carl. So that that you know that's not great. But we see a returning Jungle Boy, and again, I, I, I did this get the pop? It, I did it deserve a big pop? I'm, I'm no offense to Jungle Boy here. <laughs> Right, and this is where I might be a little biased, and I know you have probably more love for Jungle Boy than I do. Mm. But like, was this was this? Good? I think I I'm think like, you're angry just because he didn't he didn't come back as Jack Perry. That was your prediction. I, I think I, you, I, I th- did expect that, but at the same time, Carl, right? Has he even been gone long enough for this to be a big thing? I mean that that's my biggest kind of bugbear with all this. To be honest, is that it's been a matter of weeks. We've had Luchasaurus go from the lovable green dinosaur we knew and loved to this evil, dark, you know, black fucking monster guy who's, like, beating people up. 
and put them through tables and stuff like that. And the next minute, after a cup, literally matter of weeks, Jungle Boy comes back and Luchasaurus just steps aside and lets him go after Christian Cage. And it's like, well, wow, that didn't happen for very long then, did it? So it's like, what does mean? Is Luchasaurus back to his, you know, green mask and his old dinosaur gimmick now? Because I, I was quite we liking evil Luchasaurus. Was very impressionable. Apparently so. That's probably why they got wiped out, you know. Mm. I think that, well, that that's the real reason right here. But again, I've not, I've no issue with the story. I, I just feel like, like really, so soon. Yeah, like, it feels a bit rushed, doesn't it? What was like, the aim? Christian, Christian's come out for like three weeks now and done some promos, so it's not even been a month. And then it's like you know we took Jungle Boy out, but no, he's, he's back. And the alliance you formed with Luchasaurus wasn't really an alliance because he's still with Jungle Boy. And okay then, so it's like wow. I it felt it felt honestly it felt like backpedaling. Like, Which is weird because I don't think it was bad. not working and they're backpedaling. That's what it felt like. Well, like the thing that we've always given AEW credit for is they can suss out when something's not working and they'll, you know, course correct. We say this a lot. But yeah. I thought this was working, to be fair. I quite like the well, Evil uh, Luchasaurus. Even if, even if you go, okay, this wasn't working, I wouldn't even class that as a course correct. I just completely backpedal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe change the direction of something or just cut it dead. I've seen them do that before now. But to just be like, well, let's go exactly back to where we were. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's, tape, it's like, one of those. We don't know how it's all going to pan out yet, but if yeah. it does just go back to normal and it's like, well, no, they're still Jurassic Express again and Christian is now by himself, then that was a waste of a few weeks because nothing's really changed. But if maybe Luchasaurus does end up turning on Jungle Boy or something, then okay, fair dues. But yeah, it did feel like it was just, let's just hit the reset button on the last few weeks, which you don't really want to see, do you? Because it's like, well, what a waste of time that was. Yeah. Um, right, it's a fair point. I'm being unfair at this point. We could potentially see something here, couldn't we? So let's hold our breath and see what see. happens. We'll stay tuned. We'll stay tuned. Um, so before we wrap, we wrap up then this week, uh, let's just have a little bit of a preview of some of the stuff that happened um, in Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view. So firstly, Claudio Castagnoli has won his first ever singles title by defeating the one and only Jonathan Gresham. Uh, for the main strap? I don't know his career before WWE very well. But do you mean first ever? Like ever? First ever. Yeah, he's never ever. won a major title. Yeah. Ever, ever? Ever, ever? So hasn't he ever, ever won a title before? No. Oh, damn. Okay. I thought he was a former Ring of Honor champion. No, he's a former Ring of Honor guy, wasn't he, bro? Yeah, I, I mean, he might have won other belts. I don't think he's ever won the, the main title, but I don't think he's won any, to be fair. Um, well done. So obviously this is... I don't know, I, I I thought this was really good, to be fair. Um, I didn't really get a chance to watch the full pay-per-view, I just saw some highlights, but I think it's a good decision. I think it helps the Blackpool Combat Club, because no, now they're no, all a bunch no. of, you know... It's, it's not a good decision, because Jonathan Gresham didn't like it. Well, yeah, we're going to cover that in the news. He wasn't a fan at all, was he? And I think uh, him and Tony had a bit of beef around the whole situation, but for me, and no offence to John Gresham... Um, but I care more about Claudio than I do him. So if anything's going to get more eyes on Ring of Honor, this makes sense to me. So yeah, um, and I think you know, as I was saying, it kind of it, it legitimizes the Blackpool Combat Club because you've now got um, Moxley, who's the interim AW World Title. You've got Claudio, who's the Ring of Honor champion. You've got Wheeler Utah, who's the pure champion. You've only got Brian Danielson, who doesn't hold yeah. a belt. Of all the people yeah. in your fucking faction to not hold a belt, Brian Danielson, you know. Come on. Crazy, isn't it? So, um, you know, so maybe he'll end up getting CNT champion. Well, exactly. Uh, imagine if he's the guy to beat Wardlow after all this. Holy shit. But, um, yeah, so it remains to be seen, but definitely good news for the Blackpool Combat Club. And yeah, also uh, from Ring of Honor, so 
we mentioned briefly around the promo that FTR cut around, you know, the match against the Briscoes. FTR did go on to win the match, so they've retained yeah, the ring the of, men of their words. titles. So, fair play um, in what was also a very good match. And now, a little bit of a preview to tonight. So, tonight, AEW is doing Fight for the Fallen. I don't know whether this is just a one-night thing, whether it includes Rampage, whether it even spills into next week. I'm not sure. But, in terms of tonight's card, we've got John Moxley defending the title against Rush. So... Pretty sure Moxley will end up winning that one. We've got Brian Danielson returning to action. So great news that he is back. He's taking on Daniel Garcia. That match is going to absolutely fuck. Can't wait to watch that. Um, we have Thunder Rosa taking on Miyu Yamashita. Um, so I'm not too sure how she earned the opportunity, if I'm honest. Now you talk about rankings. Not too Doesn't sure. matter. Thunder um, Rosa's in a match. Let's watch it. Well, exactly. You're going to enjoy the shit out of it regardless. But yeah, still. One that's somewhat questionable. Um, we've also got Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling um, taking on Swerve in a two-on-one match by the looks of it, which is interesting. And interesting, the indeed. FTW titles on the line as Ricky Starks defends against that Danhausen. So because um, you know, let's let why not? Why, why the fuck not? Um, the FTW Housing Champion. It's just, just written. It's written right there. Um, so yeah I'm looking forward to that tonight actually to be fair it's going to be quite a good uh, card I think <laughs> Carl's hype package I'm, I'm looking forward to that <laughs> yeah, actually. somewhat looking forward to that um, I think again with all of it most most of it's predictable let's be honest but yeah, oh, yeah. good matches and that, that's the main thing but that's my one big gripe with AEW at the minute is I feel like they don't lean enough into the storytelling when they do storytelling especially long term storytelling they tend to absolutely nail it but there's not enough from a storytelling standpoint that makes me go, ooh, each week. They put on great matches, of course they do, but that's only one aspect. I think they need to get more of a balance. Need more things um, that make you go, ooh. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that was This Week in Wrestling. That was WWE. That was AW and a bit of Ring of Honor sprinkled in for good measure as well. Um, so, yeah, until next week, make sure you also tune in to our ringside report. We're going to talk about all the news. Obviously, we mentioned Jonathan Grisham. We've got some updates on Vince McMahon, obviously, uh, retiring and Triple H's new role. Uh, we've got loads of updates on loads of different things, to be fair. So check it out, all that out. Mm-hmm. And also, we're going to give our thoughts on SummerSlam with our predictions on uh, how those matches might pan out. So until next week, here is the one and only Thunder Rosa to say bye. Adieu. Hey everybody, this is Thunder Rosa and you're watching or listening A to the K. 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 A to the K.